Hello and welcome to Encounter Church Cape Town. We're so excited that you can join us for this message and we speak God's abundant blessing upon you, your families and all of your spheres of influence as you do so. Enjoy as you engage with God. Good morning church. Uh, great to be back with you again. Yeah, I trust you've had a great week. My message uh, this morning is called A Door of Hope, and I'll be reading from Hosea chapter 2. So, yeah, shall we pray? Father, thank you for this beautiful week. Thank you for the opportunity to meet again in your presence, uh, to share with one another, and just to enjoy your grace and your joy among us. So, Father, I pray you take hold of these words and this message and you'd make it alive in our hearts. And we pray you'd inspire us and you would release a door of hope uh, in each one of us at this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. So, Hosea, yeah, one of the minor prophets, although his prophecies were anything but minor, uh, but he lived in kind of like the tragic days of the northern kingdom. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of reckoned that he prophesied for a period of about 38 years to God's people and to the northern kingdom. And it was a time when they were really going astray. And yeah, Samaria was about to fall. The Assyrian army was uh, about to come and kind of invade the land tear down uh, the towns, the cities, and as I said, Samaria is kind of about to fall. And I really love Hosea chapter 2 because like the first 13 verses really speak about the Lord's judgment. But it goes on and from verses 14 to 23 talks about the Lord's restoration of his people. So what I'd like us to do is just to pick it up on the, the last verse of the section on the judgment and then carry on into the restoration. So, yeah, we can start at verse 13. So it says, I will punish her for the days she burned incense to the balls. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But me, she forgot, declares the Lord. It's a really heart-wrenching passage. And God is describing what his own people, who he chose, uh, have gone and done. They've uh, burned incense to foreign gods, uh, bowed down to um, false balls, and gone off to rings and jewelry. It's all been, a, been all about appearance and purchasing. And they went after uh, other things which the people loved. But me, she forgot, declares the Lord. So let's just kind of pause and liken that to our present time. Now, um, I don't believe that God is, is, has sent the coronavirus to punish us. Um, I believe it's not from God. Um, that is not the heart of a good father to send his people, to send the world uh, an, an evil plague like this. 
no, it's it's the result of, of sin in the world, uh, because sin brings uh, destruction and it brings death. But I do believe that God can take what the devil has intended for harm and turn it around for good. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So, as I said, this message was originally given to God's people who went after their uh, lovers. And yeah, so often in life, people get busy. Um, our work, our social life uh, can get busy. It can take over a bit. And yeah, slowly by slowly, sometimes our quiet times get squeezed out or uh, become a lot shorter. And yeah, it's like a quick prayer as we grab the coffee and run towards the car to go, go to work. But I love these, these 10 verses from verse 14 to 23 because it, God is from this, from this place of kind of being far away from him, God draws his people back to himself. He's uh, declaring his, his passion, the passion of his heart. And, and where does God do this? Well, it says he will allure them into the desert. Verse 14 says, therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of e Egypt. Imagine being called into a desert. Um, and it's like, that's the last place that you would go to be given back uh, a vineyard. But this is the place that God chooses to, yeah, to, to give a vineyard back to his people. And it's vineyards a sign of fruitfulness, of, of uh, good grapes, of good wine. But in a desert there, there's nothing. There's just hot sand, bare rock, canyons. But yeah, during this time, we're, as it's been said before, we're in like a reset, like a divine reset. But in this passage, it happens in this valley. And this is where the values of God's people are going to change. So, uh, Akor means trouble. That's, and this valley is first mentioned actually in Joshua chapter 7 when eight. Achan sinned against God uh, uh, by uh, stealing, and he was stoned to death. And they, they buried him. They heaped a large pile of rocks on top of him. And from that time, it was called the Valley of Achor. This, so the valley, it's, uh, it was always known as a place of judgment, a place of sin, a place of death. And then the second time it's mentioned is in Isaiah chapter 65. And this is also a passage about judgment and then salvation. Uh, but God says, I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, those who will possess my mountains. My chosen people will inherit them and there will be servants and there my servants will live. Sharon will become a pasture for flocks. 
and the valley of Achor a resting place for herds, for my people who seek me. So suddenly the significance of this place is changing. It's going to become a resting place for herds, which just conjures up the most beautiful picture. And for God's people who seek him. So in times of trouble, which is what we're in with the present lockdown situation, actually God supernaturally um, takes us into the desert and there it becomes a resting place. And I think each one of us can attest to just the rest that we have received during this time. And then Hosea chapter 2, as I said, now the valley becomes a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth. It's a time, actually, it's a time of singing. It's a time of joy, <laughs> of um, um, rejoicing, uh, even though they're in a desert, even though the circumstances may look barren around them, and yet there God speaks kindly to them and releases his promises back again. So this Valley of Accor, it's a place to um, uh, come before Lord and just say, Lord, I'm sorry uh, for, you know, for going after other things more than you, more than the one, more than our one true love, Jesus Christ. And then this amazing story kind of begins to unfold. And in verse 16, it says, In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the Baals from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. And in this place, we realize who we are betrothed to again. And God is calling us in this place to see him as our husband. We are the bride of Christ and we are to see uh, him as our husband rather than just our master. And this really reminded me of what Jesus said. He said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And that's John 15, verse 15. I've been seeing a lot of double numbers recently, and uh, particularly 15, 15. And I really felt that God was kind of drawing this verse to my attention. From verse 17, it says, Yeah, I will remove the names of the balls from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day, well, I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the creatures that move along the ground. Bow and sword and battle I will abolish from the land so that all may lay, lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the Lord. This is just the most amazing list of blessings. And yeah, no longer will the names of false gods be invoked, will be used. Uh, bow and sword and battle are abolished from, from the land. And we've heard 
accounts, even in South Africa here, of how the uh, some of the crime rates uh, have uh, reduced by up to 70 percent. Uh, so the um, the rate of attacks and even killings in the in the, some of the ganglands have uh, re uh, dramatically fallen down. And it's just amazing that in this place, from this desert place, the Lord chooses to abolish from the land bow and sword and battle. And we can really pray that that will continue beyond this, this lockdown. But in this place, we are betrothed, you know, and he betrothes us in righteousness and justice, in love and in compassion. And it's really just a, this most intimate picture of becoming aware of who God wants to be to us uh, the whole time. Verse 21 says, In that day I will uh, respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to, to the grain the new wine and oil, and they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. I will say to those called not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. So it's just beautiful how God himself commands the sky and the earth to produce good food. Grain, which often symbolizes like the ministry of uh, the word wine, uh, to comfort, to cheer, uh, to bring back to life, uh, and oil, you know, to, to heal, to make things soft. And it's just the most beautiful how uh, uh, God's people in, in the desert, you know, they would not have had the means themselves to command the sky or the earth to produce food for them but god does he he steps in and and i'm i'm full of faith that god will step into each one of our circumstances each one of your lives and command the earth the sky uh, command work uh, to flow back into us at this time or particularly as we come out of lockdown and so look out for the grain, the wine, the oil. In Song of Songs, uh, chapter 8, which is the last chapter uh, in that book. And verse 5, friends of, of the bride uh, see her kind of coming towards them. And, and they say, who is this? coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her lover. And yeah, the, the bride in the story, Song of Songs, has spent a long time in the desert, in the wilderness. But then the friends notice uh, something different about her when she comes up from the wilderness. She went in alone, but... She came out leaning on the arm of her lover. And I really believe that this is what God wants to produce in us at this time. Um, like a, a real dependency to, to lean on his arm, 
depending upon him, being intimate with him as our father. Just like the uh, disciple John used to lay his head on Jesus' chest. So I really believe this is one of the kind of results that the Lord wants to produce in each one of us, in uh, his people at this time. So some of the application from this message. Well, during this time of reset, just allow the Holy Spirit to gently show you any adjustments you may like to make. Um, yeah, things which will help you to make Jesus the main priority in your life again. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And it's just amazing that through this process of humbling ourselves, God heals our hearts and he heals our land. And yeah, I encourage you to humble, humble yourself. Because the Bible also says those who humble themselves under his mighty hand, he will exalt. He will lift up. Chris Valentin says humility is the fastest way to a, a promotion. And that's what I see this passage is all about. Uh, promotion as we come up out of the desert. So I encourage you to keep dreaming. Uh, keep asking God for uh, prophetic words for people around you, for members of your community, members of your church, uh, for family members. And yeah, let, let's just uh, keep on sowing uh, prophetic words into the lives of people around us. Uh, Julian Adams has this amazing definition of prophecy. He says, prophecy helps unlock the imagination to bring change. Prophecy helps unlock the imagination to bring change. So, yeah, I encourage you to help others unlock their imagination of what's possible by giving them uh, prophetic words. But, yeah, let's see this, this time of coming up out of the desert as, a, as an opportunity to come out of it, leaning on the arm of our lover, on, on the arm of Jesus and Father God. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege it is to be in a place where we can lean on your arm. And even though we may see barrenness or desert around about, we know that you are creating the conditions for vineyards and I just declare vineyards into people's lives I pray that people will see even visualize new vineyards new areas of business uh, new areas where uh, new areas of expertise that they can step into that you will provide divine solutions and divine plans but there will be beautiful vineyards which will come forth. And God, I just pray that you would be faithful to your word and you would command the sky and the earth to produce good food and good grain, good wine and good oil for your people. You can just feel the anointing on that, on that scripture. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being your people and uh, of knowing that you will provide for us in future. So, I thank you that you turn our valleys of Accor into doors of hope. And 
yeah, that we can, we can know and rely on the love that you have for us. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon at a live Sunday morning meeting. Otherwise, please contact us and connect through our website, through Instagram, or through Facebook. God bless.